Welcome to Health Tech Hustle. We exist to share stories of the brave entrepreneurs helping to solve the most important problems in digital health today. We interview top leaders in health tech and bring them onto our show each week to listen and learn from their story. With your host, Rodney Hu, founder of 209 Digital. Hello and welcome to another awesome episode of the Health Tech Hustle podcast. Today I'm joined by another very special guest, Ms. Anne Garnier. She is the founder and CEO of Lisa Health. And Lisa Health is a digital health platform that's modernizing menopause and midlife women's health with advanced technology. They are empowering women to take control of this complex life stage and be visible, be loud, be healthy, and be strong. So with that being said, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Rodney. Thanks for having me on today. No problem. So yeah, let's just jump right into it. Why don't you give the listeners a brief background of who you are and kind of what you're doing in the healthcare space? Sure. So um, as you mentioned, I am the founder and CEO of Lisa Health, and we are in the femtech sector, but we're specifically focused on the menopause journey and using advanced technology to guide women through this complex and pivotal period of their life. Uh, but before I started Lisa Health, I have been in healthcare technology for my entire career, so over 25 years, as a senior executive and advisor to many venture-backed startups, um, several of which have become market-leading companies and have had very successful outcomes. Um, so the health tech has always been my passion, and specifically around using the latest technology to improve patient outcomes and access to care. So I'm very passionate about um, helping people uh, get better and uh, thrive. Awesome. And so Lisa Health focuses on a very specific market, a very specific niche, um, and that topic is menopause. So can you kind of touch on that topic and why you were so passionate about that topic that you went out and created a whole company Sure. What did you see? (laughs) That's a great question. So I actually did a lot of work in women's health earlier in my career around pregnancy, fertility, and preterm birth. And when I decided to start my company, you know, the, the advice that people give you is make sure it's something that you are passionate about. um, Because you're going to be spending a lot of years working on this particular problem. And so when I was, you know, Going th- running through all of the ideas I had, I just kept going back to women's health and saying to myself, you know, I really want to do something in this space. This is really the space that I am most passionate about. But I looked at the femtech landscape and noticed that pregnancy and fertility were already really crowded even a couple of years ago. And, you know, it's ideal as an entrepreneur if you can find the white space, you know, where there are is huge opportunity, um, but not a lot of companies in the space. And within Femtech, that happened to be menopause. Um, you know, a few years ago, there are very few uh, new uh, entrants into the space. It was typically, you know, pharmaceutical companies, a few medical device companies. And it just happened to coincide with my own experience of menopause. How fortuitous is that? <laughs> and so the second thing 
besides you know being passionate about a particular problem, solving a problem, is that if you have firsthand experience, that is even better. Um, there's nothing like experiencing a problem firsthand for you to really understand um, the the pain points. And you know, so I had the experience that most women have. A disappointing, you know, not understanding what's happening with my body, having a disappointing doctor visit, you know, going to Dr. Google and getting even more confused and just really feeling like I had to just figure things out on my own. And that is the typical journey for most women. And so I felt that there was this opportunity for technology to really solve for that. I mean, when you think about the fact that every woman around the world will go through menopause, which is a very complex life stage spanning, you know, around 30 years. Why should over a billion women be left to figure things out on their own? If we're applying successfully advanced technologies to other, you know, virtually every other condition in healthcare, why can't we apply that technology to menopause? And so that's where where I decided to um, focus all my energies on. Nice. So, You've already, you were passionate about this, about Femtech before you actually started this mm-hmm. company. Mm-hmm. But the reason that kind of led you down this path was your own personal experience, right? So can you kind exactly. of walk us on that journey of going through this process, being able to identify the problem, but not really seeing any solution within the industry that mm-hmm. you were satisfied with. So you went about creating your own solution and bringing that to the market and putting that out to women everywhere. And so can you Mm -hmm. kind of speak to that journey and what that was like for you? Sure. So uh, I was, I thought I was one of the lucky um, 15% of women who skate through perimenopause uh, without any symptoms. And so I was just, you know, really sort of, you know, really joyously (laughs) celebrating the fact that I wasn't experiencing any of the typical um, symptoms. But at about a year post-menopause, so I had gone 12 months, consecutive months without a period, which is then you are officially then post-menopausal. All of a sudden, one day, I just got hit with a ton of symptoms, you know? And I, so I tell people, I was like walking around my house like this sweaty day zombie, right? You know, hot flashes and brain fog and not sleeping well. And I'm a very high achieving person. So for me, I mean, there was just no way I was going to go, you know, another day, like feeling like that. So I did what every woman or most women do is I made an appointment with my doctor. And unfortunately, other than offering me a prescription for hormone therapy, she didn't actually have a lot of other recommendations. Um, It's not that I'm opposed to using hormone therapy. I think it's a decision every woman should evaluate independently. But I always like to try lifestyle interventions when possible um, for, you know, any health issue that I have. Um, And we know now that, you know, lifestyle plays a huge role in so many conditions from diabetes to cardiovascular disease. And it actually does play a role in menopause as well. But she didn't really have any knowledge around that. And that's, that's very common. Very few physicians um, know much about lifestyle medicine, whether it's applied to menopause or, or any other um, condition. And so I left. And that's when I went on Dr. Google and on Facebook and said, okay, like what, what's out there? 
And, you know, there's very little credible information, uh, you know, for women going through this period of their life. And so I was disappointed by that as well. And then I'm sitting there thinking, you know, what am I going to do? And then I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> you're, you're so stupid. You create healthcare products for a living. Like you can figure this out. <laughs> and so whenever I, I create a, a healthcare product, I always go and read the literature, you know, what, what research has been done. And I found that while there isn't um, as much research as we would like on how um, and what lifestyle interventions you can apply to help manage your menopause symptoms, but there certainly is some evidence out there. And most physicians, um, including the experts, will tell you that for many, many women, they actually recommend um, six to 12 months of lifestyle interventions before trying any pharmaceutical interventions like hormone therapy. So I, it was kind of like with an N of one and a very detailed Excel spreadsheet, <laughs> I started to track, you know, all of my symptom, symptoms on a very granular level. Um, I started applying different lifestyle interventions. And after about four to six weeks, I was noticing um, a, a significant change in my symptoms for the better, right? Where several of them had either gone away completely or they were well controlled and so that they weren't bothering me on a day-to-day -day basis. It's like I had my old self back, but even a better self because I had gone through this process of discovery. Okay. So yeah, you're doing your own due diligence, your own research on mm -hmm. how you mm -hmm. can help yourself. And then right. with that newfound knowledge, you just started applying, applying it and keeping track of mm -hmm. your own symptoms and whatnot and mm -hmm. how you can improve upon that. Yeah, it's just like the, you know, it's the very basic product development is, you know, sort of research, paper and pencil, right, you know, experimentation with an N of one or just, you know, a few people and seeing what the results are. Yeah, definitely. And so when going about growing your company and you've already done the research, you've identified the problem and the solution, what sort of team and resources did you have to go out and find and bring together in order to bring your your research, your ideas to mm -hmm. life? Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, so I have the benefit of having worked for venture back startups my whole career, and I've worn many, many hats. Believe me, <laughs> I have worn almost all of them. Nice. So I have more skills in starting a company than maybe most people do. Um, but that said, you know, you, I can't stress the importance of team enough. And for me, you know, a critical role is, you know, finding somebody from a technology perspective um, who could pair with my um, strengths in product development and strategy and marketing and, and just generally scaling a company. Um, so it's, it is really important to recognize that um, starting a company while it may start with you and your idea, you know, ultimately it's a team sport and you all, you have to find the best players to join the team uh, and play well together, right? Uh, and it's also, you know, in an early stage, that's one of the 
um, biggest factor, if not, you know, the biggest factor that investors make their decisions on is, um, is this a team that, that they think can win? They oftentimes make decisions based solely on team and less on things like, you know, wow, is this a great idea or they have a great product or, you know, cause most investors know that companies will undergo multiple pivots, but it's, and so you've got to have a team that's going to be able to, um, be able to manage that. Nice. Having that core foundation with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Nice. And so just to clarify, you're mainly for like B2C, right? Compared to like a B2B type of market. Mm-hmm. We are currently B2C. Uh, we do think there's some opportunities in the, you know, enterprise market, but we're currently focused on the consumer market. Okay. Awesome. And so I guess my follow-up question Mm -hmm. to that would be what sort of strategies have you used or that have stuck out to you to try to generate awareness Mm -hmm. towards women who are experiencing menopause and stuff like that? Just getting awareness around what you're doing in your brand. Sure. Yeah, so when you go into a market that like menopause, where it's, you know, um, shrouded in shame and silence, where there's a lot of stigma attached to it, and there hasn't been a lot of attention paid, you know, you're in a very much a missionary position of having to educate the market on the issue and why it's important and why they should pay attention, and also to get women to start talking about it. So, you know, really like a lot of small companies that are just starting out where you don't have a lot of marketing budget, you know, you have to employ, you know, um, you know, a lot of sort of guerrilla marketing tactics and social media is an excellent way to do that. So, you know, you have to connect with your audience on their social media channels of choice, which, you know, for my demographic um, is primarily Facebook, but, uh, Instagram is trending up as well um, uh, for this demographic and really connect with them. And you have to create a brand that, that resonates. Um, and really, I think, uh, you know, talk about the things that, you know, they care about that are important to them and to do that with empathy, mm-hmm. um, but also to educate. Nice. And so you, you mentioned the platforms that you use. Facebook's number one. Instagram's growing as far as awareness mm-hmm. and interest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what sort of content are you putting out on these platforms to get people's attention? And once you get right. the attention, get them indoctrinated into your way of thinking and just mm-hmm. the education style of marketing. Mm-hmm. So to say. Sure, sure. Well, so as I mentioned earlier, you know, when you go uh, searching around the internet um, or on Facebook looking for information around menopause, um, there's not very uh, high quality information available and, and some of it is actually misleading. There have been studies done on, um, you know, the lack of quality around menopause information that's available online. So we felt it was really important to address that gap and to create content that is both simultaneously engaging as well as um, educating women about what is happening um, during this pivotal period of their lives. So we've invested a lot in um, content that we have created versus 
using content that's out there that's you know not not great not not really um uh sort of representing menopause as we would like to see it represented um or educating women around the facts of menopause okay and then that content that you guys are creating versus just like resharing other articles Mm -hmm. that you Mm -hmm. see on google the articles that you guys are creating is based off of that research and all of that due diligence you guys have done in the beginning right yes yes helps with the message Mm -hmm. Yeah, all of our content is evidence-based and much of it is actually authored by leading experts in um, the space who've done the research um, around menopause over the last couple of decades. Uh, So we think it's really important for women to be able to trust their source of information. I think one of the biggest behaviors that we see around menopause is because women aren't getting information from their physicians oftentimes and they're they they have, they're in this information seeking sort of behavior and so they're reading everything they can to try to understand what's happening and so we um as lisa health you know we want to be the leading trusted brand not only for menopause tech but also for information and support so you can join our community and know that you're being supported by people who have done the done the homework, done the research, and all the legwork. Oh, okay, awesome. I think that's super valuable, like and powerful as well as just mm-hmm. having a community and creating that community, mm-hmm. feeding content into that community, educating them. You know, Absolutely on your platform. Yeah. So I mean, it sounds like you've done a lot of research. You got a lot of experience. You put the team together. You've done all this work, and it's you have your vision, you're going in the right direction. But as an entrepreneur, business owner, we all know nothing's always sunshine and rainbows. That <laughs> There are ups and downs, obstacles. That's true. You have to face. That's true. Okay. And so my next question for you is, are there any obstacles that stick out in your journey that you had to overcome? And how did you go about overcoming them? And what sort of lessons did you mm-hmm. learn? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, any entrepreneur will tell you that you know, starting a company, it's, it's like a roller coaster, right? You know, day to day, week to week, you have your highs and your lows. But, you know, it's important to stay positive. I mean, I always operate from this position of optimism and uh, to know that you always have options. I mean, you know, when people say, um, I have this problem, but it can't be solved, you know, every problem can be solved. There are always ways to solve a problem. You may not always like those options, but there are options. And so, um, you know, I think for Lisa Health, uh, you know, we, uh, like most female founders, um, you know, you always face the challenge of raising capital. Um, because women are under, you know, are underinvested relative to men. Um, also, you know, people of color are also an underrepresented, you know, or under un, underinvested group. So, going into any kind of fundraising, you have to be prepared for the challenge um, that you may have to spend more time and talk to more investors than would be typical for, like, a white male, for example. Um, and so, I think. As a founder, that's always one of the things that um, you're most focused on is is making sure that you've got enough capital to um, sustain the business and to um, 
you know, hit your milestones. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like the last question of the core content. Okay. Um, now we're coming up on the end of the podcast. So I like to finish the episode with a more lighter exercise, something I call the rapid fire round. And so I'm asking you a set of questions and okay. give me whatever answer you come up with. Okay. All right. Question number one, what is your favorite book of all time? Mm, okay. Well, that's a really hard one for me. Uh, my biggest fear of all time is being stranded on a desert Island uh, or anywhere for that matter and not having <laughs> a book to read. So um, uh, let me see. I'm a voracious reader. So picking just one is going to be really hard. So let's see. Um, maybe 100 Years of Solitude. Um, but then I might say Cloud Atlas. Okay. But that, or I might say The Sellout. I don't know. It's really hard. So um, for me. Fiction. Fiction. <laughs> uh, you know, I historically have been more of a fiction reader. Um, but I've moved more and more to nonfiction and specifically around audiobook. Um, part of that reason is I was just doing some commuting. And so, um, you know, driving in a car, podcasts and, you know, audiobooks, that's, that's like the only things that you have, if, you know, you don't want to be on the phone all the time, which is, <laughs> gets, gets tiring. So I found that nonfiction books um, on audio really um, was a great way for me to learn and to, to expand my um, sort of reading vocabulary. Awesome. Got a couple of good book recommendations in there. Next question. Yeah. Who is the most influential person in your life or career? Oh, okay. Um, so I'd have to say my mom. She was an early computer pioneer. And so she got me hooked on technology and gave me the gift of a very desirable, well pain skill at a young age. So I can't thank her enough for doing that. It's paid off over my entire um, adult life. Awesome. Shout out to mom. <laughs> yeah. What is one goal you want to accomplish this year? Okay. Well, so just, just one, right? <laughs> no. Give me a so, mom if you want. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, professionally, you know, we're gearing up to raise a seed round. So that's my goal to accomplish by the end of the year. Um, but if I had a personal goal, I am just dying to go on a trip outside the U.S., <laughs> as I'm sure many other people are, because I love, love, love to travel. It's a top passion. So um, I'm hoping to get out of the country before the end of the year safely. Um, but right now, I think I have, you know, more confidence in raising around <laughs> capital from VCs than uh, going to um, another country. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then last one, what is one piece of advice you would give to your 20 year old self? Oh, well, that's easy. So uh, travel, <laughs> travel as much as you can out of the country. Don't be afraid. Just go. I mean, you'll figure it out. Um, I think from my perspective, every kid should have a gap year abroad for a year before and a year after college that should be paid for because that life experience is, um, irreplaceable. It's just, it's just a wonderful way for people to um, uh, broaden their horizons, their perspective on the world, and um, get in touch with a side of themselves that they otherwise wouldn't if they hadn't had those um, experiences. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. Never thought yeah. of that. Book your tickets now. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's the end of the rapid fire round. 
um, which is concludes the end of this podcast. I just want to thank you once again, and for just jumping on and just sharing your story as an entrepreneur, as someone who's trying to make a difference in healthcare, not even health tech, but femtech as well, and what you're doing to empowering, what you're doing to empower women, and uh, just showing other entrepreneurs out there what happens when you're really passionate about a problem and actually take action and try to make a difference. So. Thank you again. I found a lot of value in your story and I know a lot of other people will as well. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me on. And I likewise am a fan of you and admire the work you're doing to promote healthcare technology. It's so needed. Uh, We need many more voices and I am excited that you're a new voice on the scene. And so anything I can do to support you, I'm here to do it. Awesome. Thank you. And then one last thing, where could people find more about you and your company? Where can oh, they Oh, sure, sure. Uh, so they can visit lisahealth.com, lisa, L-I-S-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Lisa Health app, Facebook at Lisa Health app, Twitter at Lisa Health app. <laughs> awesome. All these links will be uh, provided yes. in the notes below. Yes. Check them out. (laughs) Yes. Come and check us out for sure. We're doing exciting, wonderful thing for women 40 and up. Awesome. So that concludes today's episode. Catch you guys on the next one. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Health Tech Hustle with Rodney Hu, founder of 209 Digital. Tune in next week for another interview with an expert leader in digital health.